Welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids who love the Lord and love each other. I absolutely love young moms, and it's my passion to encourage you and provide you with tips and tools to make your job easier. Thanks for joining us today. Today we're going to finish up the obedience. We've been talking about obedience for two weeks now, how to teach your kids to obey. Before we begin, let me remind you that you can find our podcast on our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and multiple other platforms. Okay, when we ended last week, we were talking about other forms of discipline, like calling your kids back to do the job thoroughly if you find out that they they didn't finish the job the way it should be finished. One thing that we did that was very effective in our home, I didn't do this with my oldest kids, but I did with my probably the last half of my kids, was to make something we called a consequence chart. And on that, we I wrote down things that my kids were doing wrong again and again, or things that were irritating. For instance, one of my sons was just very loud, and he would open the door and he'd scream, hey, mom which would wake up the sleeping baby, make the dog bark. He didn't understand that he was causing confusion. He just wanted mom. So we put that on the consequence chart. The consequence chart can be very geared to your individual kids' things that you would like to see change, the behavior in their life that you would like to see change. So we put a verse on there on about let all things be done decently and in order. And that's the verse that he had to learn. And we explained to him, if you want mom's attention, come in the house, go find her, and ask her whatever it is you want to ask her. And he wasn't meaning to be disobedient or disorderly. It was just the way that he did things. Um, so his, we um, explained to him the right way to do it. Another thing was, like, once we noticed that the kids, the younger kids' manners were not what up to par, like they should be. Um, so the consequence was not, uh, not having the right kind of manners was not to get to go to the country cooking every month. We had kind of like a reward, I guess, for the kids to teach them good manners. I would work with them on their manners during the month. And if they had done a good job and they'd made progress, they'd get to go on that trip. If they didn't, they wouldn't. Sometimes it was things like teasing, a consequence for teasing your brother or sister. We had a lot of that. And it was doing something nice for them, like maybe making their bed. If they said something unkind about a brother or sister, then they had to think of five kind things to say about that brother or sister. And as the years went by, we changed the things that were on that consequence chart. But it's something that you can kind of gear toward the problems that your kids have at that particular time. I and mean, we had lots of consequence charts. And for the freebie for this week, I'm going to give you one of our consequence charts. As I say, you know, it changed as the years went by. You can customize yours. But this will kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about. And it was very effective. I remember one of our daughters coming to me, and she said, Mom, now what's the consequence for? And I can't remember what the offense was, but I told her what the consequence was, and she said, oh, well, I won't do it then. But, you know, what this accomplished, she was learning to evaluate and make wise choices. 
And we do need to teach our kids to do that. They need to be able to choose and to learn to make wise choices. God gives us this example over and over again in the Bible. You know, he warns his people of consequences involved in making good or bad decisions. And this is another thing that would be great to do with your kids as you read them stories from the Old Testament especially. Point out when somebody made a good decision or a bad decision and what the consequence was from that. You know, all through life, your kids are going to have decisions to make. And they need to know that there will be good consequences or bad consequences. It's so important for them to learn it when they're young. Okay, now expect different responses. I had 14 kids, and they would have very different responses to correction. For instance, one of them was a pleaser. He very seldom needed a spanking. He usually complied with what was expected of him. As I say, this was one of my kids, only one. Um, but he, you know, he very seldom, if I spoke his name um, kind of sternly, he might start crying. He just was very much a pleaser. Another one was a limit pusher. He wanted to see how much he could get away with. And one time he asked me, Mom, why do I get all the spankings? And I said, well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> you know, he had to learn that it was a consequence of him making some bad decisions. But he wanted to see, you know, how far he could get to the line, just how far he could come. We kind of had a funny story with him. When he was a teen, we had curfews for our kids, and his curfew was 11 o'clock. And one night, he was not home at 11 o'clock, so I was sitting in the living room waiting for him to come home, and I heard a truck pull into the driveway, but its headlights were off. I thought, hmm, that's strange. So apparently he had kind of coasted in, turned the headlights off, and just as I opened his bedroom door, I saw the window opening, and this leg comes up over the window, through the window. And I spoke his name. He said, Mom, don't you ever sleep? <laughs> and we kind of laugh about that now. But, you know, and he wasn't doing anything bad. I think he was making a recording of singing hymns or something like that. You know, it wasn't that he had been doing bad, but he, he was pushing that limit of his curfew. Then there's the little prophet. Uh, one of my sons was very strong on truth and righteousness. And he was often very slow to see disobedience in himself. But if he ever did see that he had done wrong, he wanted to make it right. So one day, he actually came to me with our spanking stick and said, Mom, I did such and such. Spank me. Because he wanted truth and righteousness and justice to be served. And none of my other kids were like that, but, but he was. Then there's the manipulator, tries to make the parents feel guilty. You don't love me. One of mine that was like that would often come in church with a friend, and the friend would come with them and say, Mom, can she come to our house for dinner? Now, right there in the presence of the friend, she knew that it was a lot more difficult for Mom to say no while the friend's looking up expectantly at you. So with her, I had to say, you do not bring a friend to me in church and ask that question. If you want a friend to come, we'll discuss it before we go to church. But don't just bring somebody up with you to try to put pressure on me to make a spot decision. This one was a manipulator, and she loved to 
ask me spot decisions, you know, things on the spot so that you would have to make a decision without examining all the different angles. So sometimes I would say to her, you know, if you ask me if you can do something at church, my answer is going to be no. You need to ask me before and plan it. Because she was a manipulator, you know, that was the only one that I had that was very much like that. Then there's the steady, the stable. They take the correction, they make the change, they admit, yeah, I did wrong, I'm going to work on that, I'll change that. Then there's the powder. You know, you correct them and they pout, you know, that we called it like a dying cow look. You know, they look like, oh, they're so offended. We would send them to their room and tell them that they needed to get their emotions under control and to come back when they had a good attitude. And we would welcome them back as soon as their attitude was good. But sometimes this particular child just needed some extra time to work through those emotions. In their head, they might realize, yes, I did wrong. I was corrected. Mom and dad are responsible to God to correct me. But it took a longer time for them to work the right attitude through their emotions. So we would send them to their room. Normally, after a correction, we would not send a child off to the room. But one who's a powder sometimes needs that little bit of space to just work through that. And we would tell them, as soon as you are willing to be cheerful, you can come back out of your room. We want you around us. Then there's the sobber, the one that has a really sensitive spirit. And, you know, you correct them, and they're just heartbroken. They need hugs. They need an affirmation of your love. Maybe sit down and read a book with them with your arm around them. You know, they're sorry that they misbehaved, but they just really need that affirmation of your love. Then there's the hard nose, the I won't cry. You know, often they have a really hard shell, but a really soft interior. So don't be fooled. Often a child like that doesn't want to be embarrassed, so they're showing that they're angry. Um, they, it shows that they're angry when they're really embarrassed. Another one is distractible. We had one of these. He was generally cheerful, laid back. You'd give him a job to do. He'll say, okay, and he'd go off to do it. And then a few minutes later, he'd come back and he'd say, what did you ask me to do? Or he'd say, I completely forgot. And it's like it was okay if it was he completely forgot. But that child needs extra motivation because they need to remember what to do. They're going to remember what to do if it's important to them. They need to consider what you want them to do is more important. But also, I found with that type of child, you only give them one instruction at a time. If you say, take this down, put it in the freezer, bring this to the laundry room, they might be reversed. You know, they, they can't remember two instructions at a time. So I would give them one instruction, take this down to the freezer, then come back, I've got another job for you and then send them down with the second job. Because they generally, they were distractible. Their mind was going a 1,000 miles a minute. They were thinking about other things, and they weren't focusing on the task. Then there's the wiggle worm. Oh, Mom, I love you. I won't ever do that again. You know, they need to accept responsibility for that action. They did wrong, but they're trying to get out of the punishment by telling you how much they love you. And, you know, so be aware of that. Then there's the screamer. You know, you'll administer correction, and you'll think that you're killing them. I mean, they're just screaming. They try to make you think it's hurting worse than it is. Then there's the repentant. They're looking to please, and they're going to be extra good to make up for it. You know, they really are repentant. And this is what we're 
searching for in our kids. We want them to have genuine repentance. You know, we don't want them just to do something so they won't get in trouble. We want them to be repentant. And that's why we deal with their heart to kind of cause them and lead them into accepting genuine repentance. And there are probably more reactions than this, but these are some that we had in our family. We've had more than that. So nurturing a heart of obedience. As I said in an earlier session, the more time you invest in training your kids in positive training, you will not have to correct your kids nearly as much. It is so much better investment of time to teach your kids what you do want them to do and remind them what you do want them to do than just correct them instead of saying, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Train them in what you do expect of them. And more often than not, they will want to please you. We would also tell our kids, as I said in another session, that they were an example for Jesus, either positively or negatively. And people do notice when kids are obedient. So they are actually being a good example for Jesus when they do what is right. And it's so much better for your kids to learn this when they're young. You know, if you can think of instances in your life where God had to discipline you as an adult, tell your children things that would have been much easier for you to learn as a child, but you didn't. So then God had to spank you, if you will, when you got older. Think of these instances to share with your kids or point out people in scripture that didn't do the right thing and God had to spank them for making the unwise choices. Kids can learn from our mistakes. They can learn from mistakes of people in scripture. And that's what we as parents want to do. We want to guide our kids in wisdom. And part of that guidance is pointing out things that you did wrong in your life or that others did wrong in their lives and how it would have been better if you'd learned to do right the first time. God wants to conform us to his image. What we don't learn first, the reproof gets harder and harder until we finally respond properly. And good examples of that will help your kids to learn before God has to really put the heavy hand on them. Remember to ask forgiveness from your kids when you blow it, either by not disciplining them correctly or not disciplining them at all or correcting wrongly. You know, your kids will sense your heart. And if they know that they have your heart and that you're disciplining for their good, they will be a lot more receptive to your discipline. Also, just, you know, we had 14 kids. That's a pretty large family. What I found... In my family, I didn't have to discipline the younger kids nearly as much as the older kids because the older kids had set the good example. I remember one of my grandkids coming to me once, and we were at a party, and I gave an instruction to my youngest daughter, and I said, would you go bring, get the tables and put them in my car? And she did. And my grandson said, Nana, I wish that I... He said, she just obeyed you, and she did what you asked. He said, I wish that I had that kind of attitude. He said, I try, but I don't really have that attitude when my parents ask me to do something. But we found, you know, the younger kids saw the reproof that the older kids had, and we didn't have to correct them nearly as much as we did with the older kids. When the older kids were little, I just felt like we were correcting, 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 correcting. It was going in one ear and out the other. But with the younger kids, they had the positive example of the older kids being under control, and there wasn't as much of the correction going on. 
So you do want to get your older kids in line. You do want to teach your older kids to obey, and they can actually help you to train your younger kids. We also taught our kids that about justice, <laughs> you know, justice is, is part of God's plan, but not necessarily fairness. Life is not equal, and our kids need to understand that as kids. For instance, if I bought Carrie a new dress, but I didn't find one for Krista today because I shopped the sale, I would have to teach Krista, your turn will come. You know, Mom will find a sale for a dress your size. You know, we can't have fairness in life. You can't treat all your kids just the same. And they need to not expect that because that's just not the way life is. You know, when your kids know that they have your heart, when they really feel like mom and dad care more about me than they do about themselves, it's so much easier for them to give their heart to the Lord. And remember, allow failure for yourself and your kids. Failure is only a stepping stone to success. Thomas Edison, I love this story about him, he tried 70 things to use as a filament for a light bulb, light bulb and they all failed. And his assistant said, are you discouraged? He said, no, why should I be? I found 70 things that won't work. And he kept on and he finally found what does work. You know, don't you get discouraged. God doesn't expect us to be perfect parents. God looks on our heart. And he desires to give us the grace, which is the desire and power to do his will. It's there just for the asking. There's no one right way to train children. God does give us guidelines and things go much more smoothly if we follow them. But don't be discouraged if you haven't been following them. When we realize there's a problem in some area, God's just pointing us in another direction, saying, here's something I want you to give your attention to. If you decide to make some changes in the way that you discipline your kids, explain to them that God has shown you some new ways to do things and that you really want to follow God and do things according to the Bible and that you've got some new guidelines that you're going to put in place. You know, our kids benefit greatly from seeing us learn and change and respond to God's principles, and we all learn things at a different rate. And it's good for our kids to see that we're not perfect, but that we do want to be conformed to the image of God. And as we respond to the heart of God in our lives, our children have a real example of what it means to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord. So I just want to encourage you, as you walk hand in hand with your kids, to try to communicate heart to heart with each other. You know, we are serving the living and powerful God. The reason that we teach our kids to obey is so that they will have a heart that is tender, that wants to serve their Savior. And the best training we can give them for this is to teach them to obey us when they are little. The younger, the better, but it's never, ever too late. You know, we would be open to answering some specific questions that you might have about training your kids in obedience. I know there's so many aspects to that. So if you want to ask questions, please feel free to do that. And we might do like a Q&A later if you've got a lot of questions that need to be answered. So thank you so much for joining us today. And God bless you as you train your kids. Remember, whenever you're teaching your kids God's word, you are not wasting your time. Thanks for joining us.